Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. You know, if people follow me or even you because you retweeted it on, or I'm sorry, reposted on X, if they follow us, they would have seen the video. But I need to upload the video of the cat dancing to the intro onto here so people can see that as well on here. Welcome to another episode of the Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Before we get into any football talk, please subscribe, like, hit that notification bell so you know when we're doing a new episode of one of these or any of the other great content that's being put on the channel, leave us a comment down below. We did have some stuff, actually, uh, from last episode, and we're going to answer any questions that get put in there. So leave a comment down below in this episode. So for tomorrow's episode, we can talk about whatever that comment might be. Big shout out to Pat. We will get to it at the end of the episode. We did get a vehicle to look at, finally. We got one. So there it is. But Alan, what's going on? Uh, we got the bells ringing at the St. Vincent Monastery <laughs> behind me. It is a beautiful day. It was a little bit breezy. It's not too humid. Uh, it was a gorgeous day at training camp, and we got big boy football. And now I understand for the viewing audience that this podcast is largely shoulders up, uh, but let's just say Smitty and I are of the big boy realm. Okay. This is not skinny. This is not a skinny dude podcast. Okay. No. Nope, so I, I, I'm an appreciator of big boy football. And we got a lot of that. We got fullbacks. We got extra tight ends. We got eligible linemen. We got fullbacks catching the ball. We got fullbacks throwing the ball. We had a great day. And Ryan Clark was here and he was like this all day long. He was like, 
I don't know, guest defensive backs coach, I guess you want to call him, but he was on the field the entire drill. He was jacked up. I think it's been Ryan Clark's best day of his year, 2023. This probably is the highlight, I think. Um, it was an awesome day at training camp. Super fun stuff to talk about. Psyched that we got a car to talk about. Everything is going well. I'm, I, how, how could I complain? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that uh, RC being there and being so vocal. I mean, ESPN, his pivot podcast, he's always talking, loves the Steelers, still loves football. Great to see him there. Uh, big boy football. What do you think? Uh, was it just because of there only being two practices this week? They really wanted to get one in that was really physical, or like why was an emphasis put on today being so physical? Well, there is usually a day where they put in the goal line stuff. And I think that's what today was where, you know, they do seven shots every day, but the seven shots drill is just a normal personnel. Like usually you're in like, you know, three by one Mm -hmm. or two by two, you know, normal sets today. They really put in the goal line stuff where we're talking about, you know, fullbacks and three tight ends and, and extra offensive linemen and, and those jumbo package, if you want to call it that. So those are the kind of things they put in. And so those are the kind of things they're going to practice. And of course they do it against each other. So it was really fun to watch. I think that stuff's great and very physical practice. I mean, I, there were some big, big hits out there today. Landon Roberts had a big one. Mark Robinson and Jalen Warren came together at full speed in the hole and like the ground shook. It was a very physical practice. I feel like I'm hearing that at some point, like every practice that we land in Roberts, Mark Robinson, Quan Alexander, these guys popping. Oh, Quan had, running a, Quan had a big to... Oh, Quan had a big one too. I, I missed. Yeah, he did too. He, he had a big one too. But it sounds like, you know, there's times where running backs are getting them back too. It's not all just the linebackers. Oh, no. I mean, I think the running backs, like I, if I had to say like the, the offense was far better than the defense today, like they were successful in running the ball. Um, but they paid for it. Like, there's going to be some dudes in the cold tub also. Like, that's, you know, that it was a, you know, there's some there's wins and then there's wins. You know, I think uh, it was a very physical practice. I think the offense uh, won seven shots, uh, 6-1. They won the, um, the goal line drill, 5-2. I think a very good day for the offense, the running offense in particular. But, that, but there was some punishment laid out in, in exchange as well. It was very physical. Uh, Jalen Warren was a guy that we kind of briefly mentioned on yesterday's episode. Prior to that, we haven't talked about him really at all. You wrote a piece about him. I mean, wh- so these last couple of days now that we're finally starting to talk about him, like what, what has stood out to about him to you? Does he even look better than he did last camp? Like what's going on with Jalen Warren that's really like caught your eye? I think there's a couple of things. One is I, explosive. I see more big runs out of him than any other running back on the roster, including Najee Harris, in terms of just like guys getting free and running down the field. Um, he just runs with a violence that I think is rare. Um, talked to him. I asked him, did you get to run behind Kendrick Green yet? And he said, no, but I can't wait. And uh, <laughs> and then he got to do it today and, you know, come around his hip and Green sealed the edge. And it was worn against two DBs and it was one DB down, two DBs down. He kept going. Uh He's been a, he's a spark plug, man. And I think, you know, he's just a guy that he turned so many heads this time last year. And he was like this camp phenom. And I think maybe people aren't talking about him enough this year, but he's been really, really, really good. Uh, so much energy just plays with like reckless abandon that I absolutely love and uh, definitely going to be an impact player for the Steelers this year. Definitely going to be a guy that they feel like they can rely on. You know, if you think back to this time last year, we were all still like nobody really knew what he was like. Oh, he looks good first week of training camp. Maybe he's a thing. I don't know. 
like now they know, like they know coming into the year that he's going to be a part of this offense. And I think he's going to be an important part of it. He runs super hard. Najee Harris looks very, very good as well. Uh, very physical running today. Ran over Alex Highsmith and a big collision at one point. Uh, now Highsmith brought him down eventually. I mean, maybe a four yard gain, but uh, it was good. And it was a, it, and then the other thing that I thought, you know, about, Jalen Warren, though, to me is just he really specifically seems to like he picks on the biggest bully and he's a he's <laughs> five eight, like two fifteen, like he's not a big dude, but like Landon Robertson backs on backers. Yeah, I got him straight in the hole with Mark Robinson. Fine. No problem. Like he that's fun to watch. And and uh, Mike Tomlin said, you know, that's how he's got to play. He's a little dude like he's got to play like that for his whole career. Like he's just got to play like his hair's on fire. And so um, that makes for entertaining practice and it makes for good football usually. Yeah. Um, I want to switch back to kind of the physicality practice. You mentioned the multiple tight ends. That was something I had asked you about, I think going back to an episode last week, because we talked about like, you know, if they're going to be in 12 personnel or whatever, it might be having multiple tight ends on the field. You're sacrificing probably having like Allen Robinson on the field. Um, How did they look today when they had multiple tight ends on the field? I mean, you said it was a good day for the offense, so that leads me to believe, you know, they kind of had their way out there when going to these multiple tight end fronts. Yep, very fun. Um, So in seven shots, we saw Pat Fryermuth score, um, and then we saw Darnell Washington score in completely different ways. Like, they put Washington flexed all the way out the edge of formation, got him one-on-one against James Pierre, and then threw a jump ball in the back of the end zone. Uh, you know, Fryermuth is like moving in between zones, beats Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, and and uh, before he can get carried into the next zone, uh, you know, pick it through a really tight window throw in there right at him. Nice catch. And so uh, Zach Gentry in that goal line drill was a play action. You know, he just kind of sneaks up off that block and then you go up and get it. I just think they have so many different weapons. Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward did like everything you can do as a football player today. I think he had some big blocks. He ran with the ball. He caught the ball. He threw a touchdown pass. Um, he was all over the place. Uh, so let me just run down. Like we can talk about this, but like it was it was Matt Canada's bag of tricks on full display in these goal line. So the, this goal line, we had the first snap, an inside handoff to Connor Hayward lined up as a fullback. Uh, then we had play action off that same uh, motion and Jalen Warren out in the flat pick it, dumped it off to him for an easy score. Nobody around him. Uh, then we had a Pat Fryermuth jet sweep. Pat said he was in the coach on the far sideline, marked him short. That is the defensive sideline. I will, I will point out. So mm. may have been some, some bias there, but uh, Najee ran one in easily. You know, I think I said it again before when we did the first, you know, kind of team run day, but like the fact that two yards for Najee Harris has been routine is just it's it's gone are the days of hitting the backfield on every rep. Like it has not happened at all. Like it has been completely different where he's getting to the line of scrimmage very consistently and then you know beyond there. And then we saw Hayward again running with the ball. Uh Joey Porter Jr. came up and made a really nice tackle on him. They then we did the play action to Gentry and then Went back to Hayward, running, defense stretches it out, and he just kind of floats a little lob to Pat Fryermuth in the back of the end zone to seal the uh, win for the offense and, and that drill. Uh, really fun day for the big guys, man. Really fun day and a ton of just all, all – like he didn't get the ball as much as he has, but like a ton of Kendrick Green in there at fullback and H-back, uh, some, some extra lineman stuff. 
it was just that was the very clear focus of the day. And, and I think the offense looks good when they do that kind of thing. I think it is something that if you really want to say like, okay, yeah, the Steelers offense was not great last year, but short yardage was the one area where they were significantly improved from 2020 mm-hmm. to 2021. You remember how much of a struggle short yardage was for them in 20. 20- in 2021, I'm sorry, 2021, 2022. In 2021, short yards was such a struggle. And last year, remember Derek Watt picked up all those first downs, and and the, and Kenny Pickett was running forward. And the, I think they look even better than they did last year in terms of their short yardage, you know, goal line combo package, whatever you want to call it. Looks like it. It looks like it could be a real big weapon for this team. Something crossed my mind here, and I want to ask, I want to get your take on this. And it's not necessarily about like today's practice specifically, it's just like a trend. Jet sweep seems to be just like such a controversial thing for whatever reason with Matt Canada. Like, for all the flaws that he has as an offensive coordinator, I don't know why people get so hung up on the jet sweep thing. Now, whether or not Pat Farmer should be the one getting those jet sweeps could be a different conversation. But do you have any, like, what's your opinion on the idea of the jet sweeps within Matt Canada's offense and why are fans like so again like with the average like six some yards per carry on them last year or something like that like yeah I don't get it well uh here's what I think um I think a lot of Steelers fans are not necessarily big like general NFL slash college football fans you know, I think there's a lot of places where maybe like the the fan base isn't so dominant. Like if you like, okay, my wife's from like central New Jersey, right? If you go to the bar like on a Sunday, like the Eagles are on and the Giants are on, but the Cowboys are on and somebody else might be on, and there's like eight different people rooting for eight different teams. And I think maybe people get exposed to different stuff. Okay. Whereas like in Pittsburgh, like how far do you have to leave Pittsburgh before you find another game on TV? Um uh, like like Youngstown, I don't know, very far away, right? Like it is a a monoculture here, right? And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes people see something introduced to the Steelers as like different when like really everybody else does it. Like every team in the league runs jet sweeps. The Steelers are not unusual or even one of the teams that runs it the most. And I think people see it as it's like gimmick play or like a trick play, like they would consider like, like a double reverse or something like that. And it's not, it's just a normal running play that every offense in every level of professional and college football has in their arsenal. And it has a very specific job to keep the defense honest about flowing to the football and, and defending the width of the field. And, you know, it, it can make a big difference. Um, If you make those inside linebackers move with that jet, because they are convinced that that's where the ball is going um it only takes when you're talking about nfl players like now i'm in position now i'm totally out of position like that's that's all that it takes right it's like a guy to be Mm -hmm. that far away take one false step and an offense can take advantage and that's all it's trying to do it's not anything groundbreaking or or, you know it's I don't think he deserves some kind of like credit for it he is one of the guys that innovated it like if you go back to when he was at at North Carolina state and at Pitt, And he was one of the first guys to really make it a thing. And so I think that's why he's really associated with it, but it is just everywhere now to the point that everybody does it. I honestly think the Steelers should have done it more last year. I felt like it was one of the more successful plays they had in their arsenal and they didn't do it nearly enough. And if you, if you want to levy, I think a, a, a cogent criticism, 
I don't think they did enough to build off the success they had on that play. You know, I don't think we saw where's the jet. Okay. Then run it again until they stop it, then run a fake and then do something. You know, I, I didn't think we saw like the, the building up of an offense in a, in a, in a concise way that maybe I have seen Canada do in the past uh, back when he was in college. And so, I think people way overreact to the jet sweep. I think it's a, a good play for the yeah. Steelers. They have some guys that are really good at running it. Gunnar Olszewski is really good at running it. Um, you know, Connor Hayward uh, for a tight end, really good at running it and, and won that game. You sealed the game against uh, the Raiders with it last year. I mean, I, well, I with, think you, I, with having Calvin Austin in the fold now too, I'm curious to see if that's something that you know they ought to be with, ought know? to be yeah. really good at. It. I haven't seen him yeah. do as much of it this year, um, but man, they, they have guys that can do it and, and be good at it. So why not? You know, I think it. I think it's uh, it, it's gonna. I'm not sure it's gonna be as big of a part of their offense as it has been, just because I haven't seen it a lot, uh, or maybe as much this training camp. But it certainly is a part of this offense and every offense and. Uh, I think they're pretty good at it. So I'm not sure where the consternation comes from. Like I said, I think people just think it's like some kind of trick play or something. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get it, but it's, it's good and, and it's going to stay. So. Yeah. Um, right before we started, you mentioned a couple names that stood out individually. One I wanted to ask you about because saw even a clip of this player missing attack on Gunnar Osheski, but you said you liked the way that he was coming up against the run. Joey Porter Jr., we've talked about him a lot, um, but what did you see from him today that, that made you, you know, say his name right away to me in terms of players that stood out? Yeah, I think in terms of cornerback play, like one-on-one tackling as a cornerback is extremely difficult. I don't have, like, a ton of expectations other than get the guy down. Um, but one of the things I think is very important is you know, when you're an outside cornerback, you have to be able to recognize that it's a run play, react and get yourself into a run defending position quickly. Like you can't let that receiver take you down the field. And I thought he did a really good job in those run periods of reacting and then getting good leverage, getting inside those those corners and not letting himself get blocked. Now he's a big, strong dude. So like I expect him to be good at that. But to me, it was about the recognition, the reaction. And then he made a really nice tackle on Connor Hayward, like I said, in the uh, – in that last team period. But I think that's an area where compared to the typical rookie cornerback, he should be fairly advanced. You know, I think he's been, had a very good training camp. Um, but I think, you know, there are going to be struggles for rookie corners. Like he's going to get beat. There's everybody does. Um, but I think in general, that should be a strength for him where he should be able to be a guy, you know, like, I hate to make this comparison because it's kind of obvious, but like think about like young Ike Taylor, like he come up and hit you. Like he might've got touched a couple times, but like he come up and hit you. And I think like that is, is certainly a, now I think maybe Joey can be better and certainly more aware in coverage right away, but like he needs that to be part of what he brings to the table. I think on day to day basis, especially if you're talking about him in comparison to the other corners they have like Patrick Peterson, skinny dude, older like not super physical levi wallace i think a little bit thicker but you know still not a guy that is just going to come up and pop people right like if someone from that position is going to come up and stick people in the running game it's got to be joey and i think he's he's shown an aptitude for it so far and the other one and you actually talked about the same thing now we kind of touched on this player a little bit you talked about him with chris carter on the locked on steelers podcast you can check that out in addition to not instead of steelers afternoon drive um I say Locked a lot of milk and just that battle. 
Afternoon in the afternoon. That's how it works. Yeah, there you go. There's room for all of us here. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, though, we I want to talk about him. You mentioned him specifically, and there's quite a battle with those guys that are going to make the, the defensive line room. There's so many names. How many are they going to carry? But Isaiah Loudermilk really standing out. Man, he looked good today. Um, playing both defensive line and linebacker, standing up a little bit. Um, like, he looks really good. He's strong at the point of attack. He does not lose one-on-one blocks. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's showing, I think more athleticism than I remember from him. Like he's getting upfield, you know, being disruptive. You know, he was a guy that I thought before would just kind of, if he made a play, it was because the play came to him. He's going out and finding them some watched a whole mm-hmm. period of, uh, the defensive line and the offensive line doing double team blocks where it was like two on two. It was either four on two or three on two. And, you know, defense is a pretty big disadvantage. And I think he was one of the best players in that drill. Um, you know, some other guys stood out like Braden Fajoko, I thought was very good. He's obviously big and strong and hard to move. Isaiah Loudermilk's a smaller guy. Like that's a drill that is not designed to be his specialty. And I thought he still was one of the most impressive performers. So I think, I don't know, like we got ways to go. We still got all three preseason games, but for me, I cannot leave him off to 53 right now. He's been that good. Okay. Well, is there somebody then along that defensive line that you would have expected more from that you haven't seen that, that he's taken the spot of? I mean, DeMarvin Leal has been hurt. And so like, that's where he's gotten the opportunities. I would say if somebody's under impressed on that line, it's probably been like Armin Watts a little bit. Like he hasn't shown me a ton Mm. again, like a veteran guy doesn't get that many reps, doesn't need that many reps. I don't know what, you know, like that's one of those things where like, I can only see what I see, but sometimes there's a reason that you're seeing what you're seeing. You know what I mean? Like I haven't seen much from Cam Hayward either. That's because he, <laughs> he doesn't even need to be here. Like, but I know Cam Hayward. I don't know Armin Watts in the same way. And so sometimes you kind of got to make some projections there. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Mont Adams as the first string uh, nose tackle. He was mm-hmm. today in addition to on the depth chart, but was today also the first team. Cause I think Fahoko has been better. Um, and I think Keanu Benton has not been as consistent, but has flashed positively in, in a big way at that position. That's probably a spot where, like, if you got to cut somebody, like maybe maybe it's one of those two older guys. I don't know. It's 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 a very difficult decision at that position. Uh, like I said, we do have a long way to go. Chances are there's going to be an injury, or something, and the whole conversation takes care of itself. But just really impressed with Loudermilk so far and what he's been able to bring to the table. Actually, that's a good, I didn't have that on here, but that first official depth chart, which doesn't really mean much of anything at this point, like you said, we haven't even gotten to a preseason game to this point, but was there any, you mentioned, you were kind of surprised to see Adams ahead of Fajoka. Was there anything else that maybe stood out a little bit, if anything? I know like Calvin Austin is the number one returner. Was that a surprise at all? No. no. Okay. No. No. I don't know who else would be. I mean, um, Gunner, I guess. I Yeah. It's yeah. Calvin yeah. Austin. Gunner was the two. Yeah. Was he the okay. number one kick returner? Two, uh, Austin was yeah both okay. number one punt and, and then maybe returner. McFarland was the other kick returner was that was that the other guy there? Ooh, yeah probably I just noticed one and two okay. but I would assume that he was three it would uh, not surprise me if Austin does not return kickoffs just because like they never return them anyway and I think they might prefer a bigger little sturdier dude there in terms of like 35 mile an hour collisions um, I just don't think they want to get them broken you know, like, I, like it, I, 
a guy like Anthony McFarland is very fast and can catch the ball and also can like absorb the punishment of that job a little bit easier than, than Calvin Austin could, I think. So that wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him there. And like the, with the new rules, there's going to be so few kick returns that it almost doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah, um, true. Absolutely. But there was nothing else that I really saw that stood out to me, nor was I expecting there too. You know, I don't put nearly any stock in that. Um, I put a lot more stock on what I see on the field and, it you know it did mostly line up with the way that Plitt been playing, and so it it wasn't wasn't a lot of surprises. Okay, um, I want to get to a question that we got on yesterday's yes. YouTube video yes. to answer today's from my guy Thomas. Uh, to this point in camp, what would you say is the weakest position group? Where can the Steelers still improve, and do you think they'll go looking somewhere else for that help? I think the weakest position group has been probably. Hmm. slot corner like Shannon Sullivan's been okay he's been beaten a lot uh, Elijah Riley again like some some good and some not so good there has not been a consistent performer at that spot I will say and we have not seen it like I thought maybe we would see a lot of Patrick Peterson in the slot now of course training camp we're not gonna see a lot of Patrick Peterson period but we have not mm-hmm. seen a lot of Patrick Peterson in the slot some but not a lot and so I Maybe that's the plan eventually, and they just haven't gotten there yet. But I think that's probably the spot that maybe has been the least consistent. With with the big asterisk of they've been playing the whole time without their top three safeties. So, like, I don't even expect them to look good. And honestly, I think Trey Norwood and Kenny Robinson have looked better than I thought they would given how many reps they've been playing. So, yeah, I think slot corner is probably the one spot where I think they could be better. It would not surprise me if they – went and got a corner you know they didn't they, they added a body but they didn't really make a move to really replace a player of the talent level of Corey trice after his injury and it would really surprise me if they did that with an outside corner you know i think it would be much more likely that if they were going to say okay well we lost a guy who was like a seventh round pick and it's like probably going to make this team like if we go find somebody that fits that mold i think a slot corner would be much more likely than than another boundary guy and so um that's probably the one spot where I think they can make an upgrade. There are some places where like the position group overall is okay, but maybe there's like a depth spot that could be had. Ant Mac has been really locking down that running back three job. Like that was yeah. one where coming into camp, I thought maybe they could, but man, he's been so good. I just, I just can't see it there. Um, you know, the bottom of the wide receiver group has been very competitive um, tackle. I think beyond the first two, the first yeah. three guys, I don't think they have another tackle they're keeping. And usually you want four tackle capable guys. And so how that looks, I don't know, because they've got too many guards and we've talked about that. And seems like they're going to keep Kendrick Green because wouldn't be wasting all this time on him playing fullback if they weren't. So I don't know where mm-hmm. you get the roster spot for a tackle at this point, but I do think they're they're sort of dangerously thin in terms of of tackle depth. Again, I think the first three guys have played very well, so I don't think I would consider the position group a negative at this point, but uh, the fourth guy could definitely be upgraded on. Do you think it's plausible? Actually, I saw that he went down with a little bit of an injury today. Possible to deal from the interior depth for a tackle, like say they move Kevin Dotson out, and whether it's like a one-for-one swap or like then using that pick in a separate deal to acquire a tackle. But could you see them dealing from that internal depth? I think they should have been trying to trade Kevin Dotson. Maybe they have been, and I don't know. Um, but it yeah. just seems to make too much sense. He did get hurt today, right shoulder injury. 
didn't see him come back. I saw him put his pads back on, but I didn't actually see him take another rep. And Mike Tomlin didn't address it, so I'm not 100% sure whether he did come back or not, but definitely was uh, injured and had it all wrapped up around his shoulder. Um, it didn't seem like it was major, but uh, we'll see going forward what that means. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I should. I think they should move him. I do think, you know, like a player they, – they worked out a, tackle, uh, a player uh, yesterday on their off day – uh, Kipper was his name. He had been with the Ravens, a rookie from Oregon State. But the thing that to me was he was guard and tackle. He had played both. Mm. And, you know, if you're thinking about, like, if, if they could get rid of Dotson and, and, and make a trade, like someone like that I think would be pretty attractive to them where they could kind of split the difference between those two positions. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you saying slot corner there, though, doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I feel like coming into camp it was kind of that – and inside linebacker, even though, you know, Holcomb, good player, Landon Roberts, good player for what he offers, but just completely turning over the room. I think there were a lot of questions. Then you add Quan Alexander in that conversation probably puts slot corner at the top of that list. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that that would be the group that's really standing out the least. Yeah, I'm not really either. Like I said, the one thing I think we didn't know is how much we were going to see Patrick Peterson there. If it was like a yeah. lot of Patrick <clears throat> Peterson as the slot corner, then I think maybe you could say, well, it doesn't really matter if the rest of those guys are that good or not because that's who's going to play there. We have not seen that to this point, and so I think that definitely makes it the position where I think they're they're the uh, the weakest. All right, and uh, unless you got anything else from practice. No, no, this is what we've obviously. been waiting for. We need to go there now. <laughs> We've made the people uh, wait 27 minutes. That's long enough. Let's go there now. We need it. All right. So my guy, Patrick, finally coming through for us. And I should preface, this is not his Hummer. This is one that he did a couple of oil changes for. Yours, but, but we're going to look beggars and choosers at this point. Yeah. So backstory here. Uh, this thing is called the Big Cat Pat Steelers Hummer. That's the name for this thing. Uh, it is the owner is an old school Irish guy from the north side. He has his. He has had it as long as Pat can remember. Believe he still does. He used to drive it around at parades and things like that. So this was a, a hot commodity in town uh, to see this thing. So, Alan, without further ado. I'll get is, leave it up. No, wait. Where there it is. It's behind can, us. Is there a way for just, me to just leave it up? Just, just, just hide us for a sec. Okay. What are your thoughts? That's that's everything you want to see right there. That's exactly what we were looking for. Um, we just need more of those at that point. I want to see. So I tweeted a reference picture. And that's actually how we got this in okay. reply. I would like to see um, a van for sure. I want to see some type of van that is all decked out Steelers wise, whether that is like a minivan even, but like one Conversion of those old van, school vans. RV, yeah. ambulance, purse. That's, you know, yeah, 
Uh, and a, a Jeep was not one of the reference pictures that I had, but that uh, would be awesome that, as well. That could be good too. I will say, I think we need to rate these. Um, so just off the cuff, I'm going to say, I'm going to give this uh, four out of six Lombardi trophies right here. I think that's, oh, that, that's what we're doing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the it. scale. That's the scale. All right. I think this is a four out of six. I think it's, it's not ridiculous. Like you could turn this back into a stock vehicle relatively quickly and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not belittling that, but there's a level of dedication when you start ruining your vehicle to make it Steelers that I think we need to appreciate. And, uh, but this is very good. I got to say, I was on the way in here today and I was following a minivan with Connecticut plates and they had a big Steelers cling across and two big logos all across the back window. And I was like, they're teasing me. They're teasing. I'm here. I'm right. I'm seeing it and I'm not getting it sent to me. So I'm very happy if, if we didn't get one today, I was going to be very frustrated. I was, I was going to start to get upset. Yeah, and now I'm happy. No, that's why I'm happy that we saw we saw a Northside Irish in his in his Hummer, four out of six Lombardi trophies. I think is is a solid score there. I feel like that is a good number because you're not setting it so high where it's like we're going to get these other crazy ones in, and it's like okay, if I gave that first one a four. Where do I have to go with this one? So, uh, I, to not piggyback off of you, I'm just I'm gonna do a three and a half. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know but, if we can cut a Lombardi Trophy in half. Can we do that? But is that three legal? seems too low. I I mean, three seems too low. I agree. I'll I'll accept it. Three and a half. Three and a half it is. Okay. It's three Lombardi. Yeah, I, I don't know. A, it's three Lombardis <laughs> in an AFC Championship. All right. That's... <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um. But yeah, I I feel like if I went you know higher, I'm setting the the bar way too high so yeah, and we're yeah. gonna get our that, things that's and... good i want i want more though like we'll do one of these every yeah. day i'm totally okay with that totally okay with that. I, by the yeah, way I, I, I also like Northside Irish, like that hummer in the saint patty's day parade yes yes like that like yes absolutely like would would do a shot of jameson with that guy like that's that's where i'm at right now big cat pat Big Cat Pat. That, yeah, Big Cat yeah. Pat. You want to come on the podcast, send us a DM. We're, we're in. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you There on. we go. There we go. Uh, I think that's it, unless you got anything else. That, that's a great way to wrap up the show. So, yeah, your Could not think vehicles, of a better way. Your vehicles we are what we want to be wrapping up the show uh, each episode. And so, questions and Alan? keep the comments coming, and we appreciate the love, uh, especially on the YouTube channel at PGH Steelers Now. Uh, like and subscribe. You can find my stuff on Twitter at ace unders underscore pgh and at pgh steelers now on twitter and steelersnow.com is where all my stuff and nick farabaugh's stuff and this podcast live on the internet and uh spotify megaphone odyssey all the things apple google places where you find podcasts yep and it's all set up in one place right in the link tree which you can find um i am zachary smith pgh we'll be back for another episode tomorrow uh, last practice before I walked through on Thursday and then preseason football will be here before we know it on Friday. So yeah. So tomorrow. I think we'll probably have like maybe Nick do Thursday and then fr- okay. if all goes well, Friday will be from Raymond James stadium. Boom. Uh, before what a background the that Steelers, would be. before the Steelers Buccaneers. So that should be good. There we go. So you don't want to miss it. And how you can do that, hit that notification bell right below. You'll know when we post a new video. Leave us a like. 
subscribe, obviously. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else and keep those comments coming in so we can read the questions on here. Other than that, for Alan Saunders, I am Zachary Smith. Thanks for hopping in for another Steelers afternoon drive, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.